The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Although the development of nuclear weapons by different countries was one of the reasons why extraterrestrial civilizations began visiting Earth in the World War II era, a more significant and far-reaching explanation exists. However, the truth was not shared for decades due to its disturbing nature. Only today do we know the whole truth. The Earth had become the epicenter of a temporal war involving a future galactic tyranny, whose origin lay in a secret agreement reached by Nazi Germany with a group of extraterrestrials called Draco Reptilians. This agreement resulted in establishing a breakaway German colony in Antarctica that soon gave birth to the nefarious Dark Fleet, the Nachwaffen, which aligned itself with the Draco's master plan for galactic conquest. After detecting the sudden emergence of galactic tyranny 350 years in the future, a group of extraterrestrials known as the Andromeda Council notified the Galactic Federation of Worlds and other freedom-loving extraterrestrial organizations about the threat posed by contemporary events happening on Earth, its Moon and Mars. Thus, a temporal war began involving different extraterrestrial federations, councils, and secret space programs, each striving to steer long-term events on Earth to prevent or bring about this sweeping tyranny that could overtake the galaxy. Both sides have used time travel technologies to influence key individuals, events, and movements on Earth. Operatives from each side have been embedded into different countries, especially aerospace companies, to help humans build advanced technologies for different secret space programs. Today, we are witnessing the final stages of this decades-long temporal war involving multiple timelines that compete, coexist, and ultimately converge with one another. As we approach the end of this temporal war, with the Earth as the epicenter of what would have been a future galactic tyranny, the truth is emerging about these events and the different galactic groups and organizations that have played significant roles. This program is dedicated to all those brave contactees who faced ridicule, censorship, and retaliation for revealing the truth about face-to-face encounters with extraterrestrial visitors. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Tonight's special guest is Dr. Michael Sala, an internationally recognized scholar in international politics, conflict resolution, and U.S. foreign policy with a Ph.D. in government from the University of Queensland, Australia. During his academic career, he was author and editor of four books focusing on international politics, 
Sala is a pioneer in the development of exopolitics, the study of the main actors, institutions, and political processes associated with extraterrestrial life. He is the founder of the Exopolitics Institute and the Exopolitics Journal. His most recent book is titled Galactic Federations, Councils, and Secret Space Programs. It is book number seven of the Secret Space Program series. Tertusala will give a grand tour of the different extraterrestrial groups and secret space programs involved in the temporal war that has been silently raging around us. Unknown to most of humanity, importantly, he will highlight current events leading to the fulfillment of a very positive and exciting Star Trek future where humanity joins the galactic community. His website is exopolitics.org and Dr. Michael Salad joins us from his new home in East Tennessee. Hello, Michael, and welcome back. How are you? Thanks, Mel. Great to be back on the show. Michael, from the ocean to the eastern part, central part of the United States, what was the reason for the switching homes? Oh, very sad. Unfortunately, uh, Hawaii has changed a lot with the um, COVID policies. Um, the policies have uh, really led to people becoming very unpleasant if you don't go with the narrative, if uh, if you don't uh, choose to mask up, don't choose to get the vaccine, uh, then um, you, 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 I mean, you can get persecuted and uh, it, you can be attacked um, verbally, um, ostracized. And uh, yeah, it's, it's become very unpleasant. And unfortunately, it didn't look like it was going to change. So we decided let's, let's get out of here and let's go someplace where freedom Rains and uh, Tennessee is fantastic. Uh, I mean, there's none of that. I mean, people are free to choose. The state doesn't intervene. It's, it's not a nanny state here. It's people look out for themselves, and the state does the minimal stuff, policing, infrastructure, and so forth. But uh, people are left to look after each, you know, themselves and each other. Same things happening in another state. Well, actually, a colony, Puerto Rico. Same thing. It's almost as if COVID started yesterday and getting worse there. So I'm not going to get into this because this is a totally different topic. But it seems that islands, uh, the leaders seem to become more dictatorial than in the continental United States. I don't know why that is, Mel. I mean, you would think Hawaii um, would would be probably the, the most liberal yes. when it comes to these kinds of policies. I mean, it's in the tropics, surrounded by huge ocean, healthy air, uh, people get lots of sunshine. I mean, these are optimal conditions for keeping healthy, but yet they, they actually do the opposite. They get people to go inside, lock them down, mask up. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, Michael, great book, new book. Congratulations. What is your goal with the new book, Galactic Federations, Councils, and Secret Space Programs. What is your goal, and is the Secret Space Program still secret? Well, yes, this is a, a really a huge topic, Mel. I was interested in um, extraterrestrials uh, for ever since I saw the Disclosure Project press conference in 2001, and I, I began actively researching the different extraterrestrial groups that were here, and they, there's a lot of evidence for each each one. You, know, you have people talking about visitors from the Pleiades, visitors from the Sirius star system, visitors from Andromeda. You know, so you have a, a variety of different constellations and origins of these different extraterrestrial visitors. 
And and so that was something uh, I got quite a bit of information on early on when I began doing my exopolitics research and and did write a book about it uh, that came out in 2009, Galactic Diplomacy. But I could never get a handle on what are the organizations because it, it makes sense that extraterrestrials would be organized politically just as we are. I mean, if you look at the history of um, humanity, I mean, uh, we went through history and then it is, uh, through a series of wars. And then after these devastating wars, there would be times when organizations would be set up to maintain the peace. So you have like in Europe after the Napoleonic Wars, you had the Concert of Europe. After the First World War, you had the League of Nations. After the Second World War, you had the United Nations. So I figured, well, the extraterrestrials, I mean, they seem to have gone through their histories of war. So what organizations are out there? So that's when I began to really kind of like focus on different extraterrestrial civilizations that are out there. And as I began to look at that and, and was committed to writing a book about it, then I was able to kind of pick out different historical uh, places where these different races were talked about. And what about the secret space program? Do you think it is still secret or is there a connection between that and the U.S. Space Force? Definitely there's a big connection between Space Force and U.S. Space Command because uh, it's a little complicated because Space Force is was set up as a brand new service to deal with space and Space Command is a, a brand new command set up to organize and collate together all of the different military services space assets. So it's not just the US Air Force that had satellites and things in space, the Navy had them, even the Army had some satellites and 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 so this is what Space Command does. It it brings together, aggregates all of the different services in terms of their space resources and assets and creates a unified military command. So Space Force is in charge of training and logistics when it comes to space, and Space Command actually is the one that runs the operations. And and so, you know, as to the question, well, what about the secret space program? I think what we're witnessing right now is unprecedented, Mel, because the uh, the secret space programs go back many decades and they were all very highly classified. But once Space Force was set up and Space Command was reconstituted, uh, because it, it had earlier existed from 1985 to 2002 and then it was um, disbanded um, as a one of the top 10 combatant commands and now it's in 2019, it was reconstituted. So now uh, there is an actual infrastructure within the U.S. military to bring together all of the classified space programs that the Air Force ran, that the Navy ran, the Marines also were involved, um, NASA had their own space program. So all of these things that were all being developed across the different services, all on very limited basis, can now be brought under U.S. Space Force for a, a very different goal. So, you know, for, for example, the secret space program, uh, when that was being run by the Air Force, they, they would run covert operations with it 
or do surveillance with it uh, because those those were the only things that were deemed to be important for the secret space program as far as the Air Force was concerned. Well, now Space Force and Space Command, they they are responsible for war fighting. And that's that's new. That's new because up until the creation of Space Force and Space Command, the U.S. military thinking was that space was a benign environment. You know, that's what the United Nations uh, – Treaty, uh, the Outer Space Treaty said that space was a benign environment. It didn't belong to any nation, and it, weapons of mass destruction weren't allowed on in space, and you couldn't build military bases on the moon and elsewhere. So, space was de- deemed to be a, per- a benign environment. But that changed with the creation of Space Command and Space Force because space was reconstituted as a warfighting domain. So that means that rather than having just um, like uh, several squadrons, you know, three squadrons or whatever for doing covert operations or space surveillance missions. Now you need 300 squadrons because it's a, it has a, a warfighting purpose. And so that's that's the big difference. So that's what we're witnessing now is that Space Force and Space Command are redesignating all of the covert assets that the different military branches had set up and integrating them and putting them in place in an integrated way so that way at some point they can announce that we have this incredible space force that has been developed using anti-gravity technologies and and, they, and this is where they're going to, you know, the big lie is going to be that this is all something that has been recently happened, that, that has recently happened, that they can say since 2019, Space Force was able to work with its partners and this is what we've been able to build. But of course, they won't say anything that these technologies were around uh, 30, even 40 years ago and were being used for covert operations, they won't say anything about that. They'll make out that this is all new. But, you know, that's that's what I predict. Well, what you said, the big lie, I'm just thinking of World War One. What do we get before World War One? We get the, the Wright brothers who, you know, the plane uh, all of a sudden becomes commercialized. It becomes a, a war tool, a weapon. Then we get World War Two. It's almost as if they're always creating something to make a profit out of it. And would it be that they have all this technology out there to finally say, yeah, we have all this stuff because there's an enemy from outside of this world, just like what famous words from Ronald Reagan in front of the United Nations. Do you think that's one of the purposes of this? Um, It's very interesting. You know, this takes us to the question of uh, white hats versus the, the black hats. I mean, the black hats or the deep state, if you want to call them that, they are the ones that wanted to keep all this under wraps. They they didn't want uh, Space Force to change its strategic doctrine. Um, in fact, uh, when Donald Trump came to power, one of the things that he did uh, is that he started to talk up Space Force and he started to say, well, Space Force would be very important for fight, fighting future wars in space. Now, at the time, the secretary of the Air Force was a lady uh, called Heather Wilson, and she put she put a gag order on Air, senior Air Force 
officers saying that they could not talk about space as a warfighting domain. And, you know, and that, that really meant that senior Air Force officials were muzzled uh, because they couldn't talk about the, the need for a new military service or a dedicated military service because space uh, was, was not designated to be a warfighting domain. And, and that, that was something that Trump changed. And uh, he basically forced Heather Wilson to resign because she was opposed to the creation of Space Force, as was the Secretary of, of Defence at the time, James Mattis, also was opposed to the creation of Space Force. So, so to me, what that suggested was that the deep state didn't want Space Force to be created because they knew if a dedicated military space for, uh, service was set up, they would do the natural thing, which is that, well, you know, what is our field of responsibility? Well, we, we're designed to, to, to win wars. So our responsibility is space. We're designed to win wars. So we are going to put together the assets we need to win future wars in space. So the deep state didn't want this to happen. And I think the reason was is that they didn't want the U.S. to be prepared for what's to come. I think the deep state, as you well know, uh, is very uh, meticulous with its long-term planning. And it, like, it likes to do things in a way that surprises pe uh, people. It doesn't like uh, people to be prepared and do things in a kind of sensible, harmonious way. And so, so Trump kind of interrupted their plans, uh, which I think probably did involve some kind of, uh, well, keeping everything secret as far as secret space programs were concerned, and maybe in the future organizing some space attack. But now, because Space Force and Space Command have, have set up and they're becoming uh, more institutionalized and more uh, prepared by the day, if the deep state tries to pull off some kind of false flag space event, it, it's going to be much more difficult than it was before. Let's talk about the possibility of a false flag. And I don't mean to give anyone any ideas, but this has been the last card in progress for a very long time. First communism, you know, the whole story, Carol Russon and uh, the Dr. Carol Russon and Werner von Braun. We know of Project Blue Beam. We know that the mainstream media cabal is talking about this, taking it seriously for the first time in I don't know how many decades. Do you think they're preparing for some kind of false flag in the future to unite the world's military to, again, fight a, a fake enemy from outside of this world? I think uh, when we look at the way the mainstream media is, is treating the UFO uh, or UAP, as they call it now, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, as the, the way they're treating it as this unknown threat that they have no information about other than it, these are able to fly around aircraft carriers and military facilities and have speeds that are essentially represent some new breakthrough technology that the U.S. doesn't have. So they're they're trying to make out that these UAPs are an unknown threat and that they could belong to China, they could belong to Russia, or they could be extraterrestrial. And I think they're doing that strategically to just kind of like set the stage. And, and of course, you know, you have the Pentagon now having set up a, a, a permanent study group with the uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence that now is looking into 
uh, unidentified aerial phenomena and that they are now going to be giving. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.